you don't realize that if you make everything in your life a little bit bigger, it gets better. Yeah. And I'm the in Texas, Texas theory. I'm in Texas where everything's bigger. I was going to say Texas. Um, and uh, not even my cup's that big, baby. These Is that snacks. like a metal reusable big gulp? It's a, well, I wish. That'd be cool. It's that, what it, it looks like. It's simply, it's simply a, a stocking stuffer Yeti that I got for Christmas. Ooh, it's good. That does mm-hmm. look good. But yeah, you know, we, we, these coastal elites, they sneer at these, these Southern rural types, but listen, oh, yeah. they got tiny cups over here in LA. It's fucking embarrassing. We're not getting any Anything done we're just refilling constantly yeah i guess that's why i had to reopen all the fucking restaurants <laughs> lux can yeah. You, well, yeah 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 i had to reopen all of them uh everyone's so thirsty and but lux can you not interrupt our guest i kind of i'm having a thing i don't i just met the guest i'd like to spend some alone time with him just 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 me and him for a little bit i thought this part's the part where you and i hassle each other until we remember to introduce the podcast and the guest well this is our special time griffin <laughs> i'm so sorry uh you're right uh well i guess on that note um hi welcome to game boys it is- <laughs> hi, thank you it it, it 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 is I uh, Griffin uh, and of course we've got it's me Lux and we've got a sweet guest our friend a poster a memester a whiz it's our friend Jordan that's me I'm Jordan what's up Jordan no Jordan I I, I just meeting you for the first time but but Lux tells me that you're a very specific type of poster you're very online but mm-hmm. but you you, f- you fight the the old war the war of Facebook posting um I definitely I do do the the I definitely take up arms in the Facebook posting lately I've been doing more Facebook than Instagram actually for a while there I was doing mostly Instagram I was making memes doing some home brews mm-hmm. um doing some craft brews at home um lately i've been on facebook um but yeah i'm just uh i'm I'm an old guard an aging millennial a relic and i'm becoming less than mm-hmm. so thanks for having me on yeah uh, <laughs> gotta get it gotta get all the gettings good you know as we all deteriorate oh, we gotta yeah, get our, our guest is deteriorating live on on the pod today i mean if uh-huh. you've listened to the show for five seconds you know that that's true of both of us and also every guest we've ever had <laughs> yeah so. the last episode was like so sad i'm sorry guys if anyone listened i listened to the last one i couldn't even get through it i don't know no one should listen to the last one too sad what We're was turning the last it one? up it was my fault too. I made it sad. I'll take full sad blame here. It oh, was that's my what fault. you do. Did you kill someone? Um, yeah, I did. Uh huh. <sighs> yeah, Damn. live on the pod, and it was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And they were innocent too. Well, <laughs> you shouldn't brag about that, that part as much well, as yeah, you well, it was sad, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why it was sad. Yeah, for hmm. sure. For hey, Griffin's look, r- now I'm here. Hey, oh, hell what's yeah. Up? I, I'm Big but, dog so, in the mix. So, you know, we do, I, I just, before we get to any other kind of gaming related topics, I am, I do have a few questions about sort of the Facebook right now. Now for me, Facebook, it's, it, it, it has, speaking of deteriorating, people are using Facebook less and less and people mm. I see have been fighting more and more on sites like Twitter uh, instead. And then it seems like Facebook is just like the last eight dumb people I know posting on there Mm -hmm. like it really feels like a ghost town of tumbleweeds rolling around Uh, and and i only use the site now to make people feel bad which i know is wrong Uh, (laughs) but it's like no one with good politics is still using facebook at least on my timeline so i'm specifically Mm. going on there to like make a few people feel very bad about themselves and that's not good so i got off i actually deleted my facebook a couple days ago or deactivated or whatever but tell me more about your experience right now you're i mean that's pretty much it right i mean there aren't facebook is not great um for anyone unless you're like um 
like a moderately large business, I feel like. I guess small businesses too, but I feel like all the people who would like post content, quote unquote, as in like, you know, whether it be like memes or like videos, you know, you had like Facebook video stars for a while there, like people like, I guess, that Trey Crowder guy. Is that uh, is that like the Southern like liberal dude who mm-hmm. made all those like thick accented posts? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, and also and until like Facebook that, yeah. until they we found out that the Facebook views are completely fake. One of the funniest yeah. like forms of like that, massive that, fraud that no one got in trouble for. That like just destroyed so an crazy. industry. Like it, As, it destroyed yeah. the comedy industry. It, it really did. Mm. Like people, like people, like were were people of the generation right ahead of mine were getting jobs out of these like dumb improv shows where they get paid to make YouTube comedy sketches online at like college humor or funny or die. All of that shit went away once Facebook started faking the views. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that I know Jordan and I got to be pretty close to because we have friends who work in like digital media writing stuff. And I mean, both of us also, all both of us also do. Um, Mm. And fucking so many of our friends like lost their jobs because people pivoted to video on Facebook. And then six months later, their companies had to be like, Oopie doopie, and no one <laughs> yeah. got in trouble. That's yeah, what's so no incredible one, yeah. about it. No one got it's yelled like, at for it. Respect, it's I crazy. guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's like that. I feel like on most platforms, whether or not like news about that is broken or not, because like not too long ago, with uh, like YouTube stars realized that like what dislikes were essentially the same things as likes. It's all a matter of like how many people actively like engage with your posts, like via button press and things like that. So there's almost like no incentive to make like content that has like a unifying theme that people like versus like things that like everyone will just hate and shit on no matter what. Um, So you can pretty much do whatever you want as long as people are looking at you, which makes it like, almost impossible to know what kind of thing to produce right um yeah it's it's, it's truly berserk it's fucking it's truly crazy bizarre. i mean another good example of this with the youtube thing is that like front-facing youtube numbers like what you see under a video mm. isn't actually the number of views it has like i've learned yeah. this from work because recently i was putting together like a pitch thing about views about a thing and i sent it to my producer and my producer evan was like these aren't actually what the numbers are like we have these like secret numbers that are the true numbers of how many views a video has. And yes. It's like, Show me how your does that true even numbers. Like, why? It's a, I don't know. It's like their analytics are better on the creator side, but it's like you've got the you YouTube. You have the numbers like you, you can put them anywhere. No, because if people find out the true numbers, then they gain access to your soul and they can put you in. They can trap your soul into a little object. Yeah, oh, that's what Hellraiser is about. My God. Mm-hmm. And let me quickly suggest and recommend y'all both watch this movie I saw yesterday called Psycho Goreman, in which someone gets uh, sucked in, gets uh, turned into a cube full of their own blood and then smashed. A cube full of their own blood? Yeah, they get condensed into a cube. (laughs) They get condensed into a cube and the cube gets smashed on a table and blood goes everywhere. It rules. That's good. That's really good. I like a good person reduction. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great person reduction. CGI or no CGI? Oh, no, that's all. That's all practical. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah they literally turned that person into a cube and she's dead now. Yeah, we don't make messes anymore. It's the greatest role she's ever played. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. Um, okay, so while we're here, I think the thing to talk about before we get into games, and I want to get into games, obviously, it's a video game podcast. It's called Game Boys. You all know this. But Griffin, mm-hmm. they're reopening California, which is where you live. And everyone mm-hmm. sort of agrees that it's bad to do. And mm. I just want to sort of get see where you're at, kind of 
emotionally, intellectually, uh, physically in terms of safety. You're talking to my ghost. I hung myself about six hours ago. Uh, Oh, okay. The the discourse specifically around the restaurants, as someone, yes, I, I will dox myself who has worked their entire life in restaurants. It has been incredibly frustrating to see the majority of Los Angelinos not care about 2K checks, but actually get mad at restaurants for having outdoor dining, which I think is 100 percent absurd. Uh, mm. it, it, it's it's a complete lack of distance from what is happening to these local restaurants everywhere. And I'm not talking about your fucking cheesecake factories. I don't give a fuck about them. Like I'm talking about like these like poor people that own these little Thai restaurants and all my neighborhoods like those people's lives are over like their business is everything like not everyone Mm. can like is everyone supposed to just be an amazon warehouse worker after this and like willingly lose their restaurant the 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 problem isn't that they're doing outdoor dining the problem isn't is the government isn't sending money to people to small businesses to any of that and no Mm. one is pressuring people to do that people are saying we should we should boycott every restaurant that does outdoor dining that's how we fix this that's how we get back at the bad guys and it's a complete misunderstanding of who the real enemy is well it's it's a profoundly neoliberal take and it's actually neoliberal which is great because we all, mm. we, people say that word a lot and it doesn't actually mean anything but this is a profoundly neoliberal reaction in the sense that like it assumes that management and safety and all that shit is about choice and individual choices and so the choice to open a restaurant is the problem if everyone just made the right choice we'd be fine obviously not true the problem is systemic the problem is that no one has any fucking money because the government just won't give it to anyone uh because they're busy giving it to jeff bezos and so like mm-hmm. there it's this thing where they just conflate fucking individual choice with like systemic issues and it's the most profoundly neoliberal la shit in the world we need contact tracing and we need mass vaccine distribution and we need to be putting all of these like fucking thousands of homeless people into hotels that's the only way to get this back on track and no one is saying that People are saying, I hate every person sitting outdoors right now. It is it is bad shit. And I and I want to move. But yeah. uh, they're boycotting the outdoors because they want it should be inside. Is that what's that what they, why they're boycotting? Yeah, or do they think the restaurant should just be totally closed? But, hey, listen, if you're cold, the they're one. cold. If you're cold, they're cold. Let them inside. OK, OK. <laughs> All right. It's a, it's no, it's a, a, it's a second, yeah. I think. I think the push is to close everything, which I think is which is reasonable and people should want that. But it's very weird that their direction, like you're saying, is directed at like diners rather than like the state reopening and not providing uh, means Mm. to stay closed or the government not sending people their checks or not having Mm. a system, a good vaccine distribution system. Like those are. The actual and problems. Think, and it's I don't think it's Republican to say that for these small business owners, this is a life or death decision. You you mm-hmm. have you have a family. You are an immigrant. You have a family of five. You if this is if this restaurant goes, it's over. It is over for you guys. You don't what do you do after that? Uh and and, and these, these these people are the last sort of class uh, right above the, like the, the last kind of kind of class of like surf real estate owning types are, are like these like local restaurant owners. I mean, who else owns small businesses anymore except like jet ski dealers? Like like this is it. Like this is like the mm. last chunk uh, before it's just working people 
and big capital. Like these are like one of the last populations of people that own anything. Um, and, mm. and and for them to be the the enemies here is just fucking, it's just fucking absurd. And basically I deleted my Facebook cause I am trying to get a job in this town. I don't think it's going to happen, but people don't mm. like me when I say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. The people who dislike Griffin from LA on Facebook are numerous and vocal. There's three, oh, is that true? There's three networks that I just cannot work for already. It's incredible. <laughs> I'll scroll, I'll see a Griffin post, and it'll be like Griffin being like, the government should be nicer to everyone. And there'll be like 86 <laughs> comments, and they're all just like, you sit the fuck down, you psycho idiot. You're ruining Joe Biden. <laughs> they're all from the future head of Comedy Central. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, that seems like a lot. It's a weird situation. I just like, I just don't get it. Like Griffin, like you're, what you're saying is not wrong, but the the thing is that like no one should have to be in the position to have to reopen anyway. And yeah, like I know totally. people can like walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. Like they can be mad about multiple things, but it just seems like this is such a misdiagnosis of. I mean, look, fuck Gavin Newsom. What the fuck are you doing reopening this state? That's an idiot's choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an animal man. But it's not. But that's that's his fault. It's not the fault of like impoverished people for trying to make the most of the opportunity that they're given. Um, when they can't yeah. afford to do otherwise, there's no support never for them to do otherwise. Like this is strictly a structural failure. And when people blame it on individuals, it's like the, the, the individuals aren't even real. Oh, isn't my reaction to that? Mm. Quite, like it's my reaction to that. Yeah. But, it but something nuts. Something a little more fun, Jordan. Do you want to go three ways in on an adoption of Claudia Conway? I think I. Yeah. I think we can all be her new well, parents. Wait, hold on. Th- three dads um, and an emancipated youth. <laughs> how old is Claudia Conway? She, and also, if she's emancipated, isn't that like, you know, now she's now she's like the, her own sheriff. She's 16 and she's trying to be emancipated. She, oh, she's on the market for new parents okay. is what I hear from that. Yeah. On one hand, I feel like that's good. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like we could lead Claudia Conway in the right direction. On the other hand, I feel like three men in their 30s probably shouldn't try to adopt a 16 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's <'cause> it, <laughs> oh, fucking when you put it like that. What if the because like that's pretty bad. It's not a three men and a baby situation. It's much worse. Yeah, it's three three, three men, three men and a teenage abuse victim is like not a great look. What if the resistance yeah, as a whole adopts her then? What if what? Um, wait, the wait. resistance as a whole, we all chip mm. in a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. I think the Game Boys podcast should like adopt a highway, Claudia Conway. Mm. You know how you're driving and you'll see like, this is, can you believe it, KNB Toys mm-hmm. got us this highway? If we start um, a Patreon, Jordan's 100% right. And the first goal should be to adopt a highway named after Claudia Conway. Mm-hmm. Justice for Claudia. Yeah. yeah. The Claudia Conway. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. See, this dude, I told you, it, he's money. Case closed. Case closed. Wow. I don't I don't, know, I don't know where it goes, where it comes from. Yeah, uh, her house, her house to a lawyer's it to office. Her, it goes to her house. Um, her, from her own house, we like dox her with a free. <laughs> hey, look, you know, there's a lot of way. There's more than one way to skin a cat, Griff. Yeah. Uh, speaking about skinning cats, guys, let's do a game news one for a second. Am I allowed to do a, ga- a game well, related I was say, content? Do we, do we want to talk about the specifics of Claudia Conway or do you want to move on? Uh, um, do you? Nah, I was just asking. I'm game for either. Seems Jordan, like her, the- her family's. Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. I think her family's back together now and it'll probably good things. I mean, good fingers crossed on these two years. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see today's news about her yet? 
No, she won the lottery. Uh, we should talk about the specifics okay. then, um, right. because today Two we minutes. saw. Today we learned that Kellyanne, her illustrious mom, posted a topless photograph of her 16 year old daughter on a fleet on Twitter. Um, what? Yeah, on a fleet. I'm just her, what were fleets for? Fleets were supposed to be like Snapchats. And in this case, it was a Snapchat about uh, doing child porn to your daughter. Hmm. I'm not understanding. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving layers here. Uh, A lot of a lot of people seem to think that this was I don't know what I think. I'm so I'm going to lay out what people think. So people either (laughs) think that. Kellyanne Conway purposely and vindictively got back at her daughter by posting a topless photo of her child onto a fleet. Now, that is one perspective. Another perspective is that Kellyanne was planning on doing this and then a hacker did it for her instead. I don't want to. I don't think I'm in either of these camps. I don't. I, what? Yeah. <laughs> That would be, I feel like if a hacker could get into like Kellyanne Conway's social media, like publicly posting like child pornography would be like a weird, I feel like you could take yeah, a lot of could, secrets and like blackmail her before like ruining a child's yeah, you could life. You a lot of better, cooler shit. complicating it. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. You're absolutely right. I'll, I'll also say that I have not enjoyed the Claudia narrative up until this point. Well, it's because, not like a particularly bright and cheerful story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I guess on a level, it does it does seem like a bunch of adults on Twitter are getting like involved in a relationship between parents and children, not because they like support CPS, but because they don't like Trump. And it seems to be very, very mm-hmm. selfish and very, very self-serving uh, in this really nasty way. Uh, and especially when I see like Claudia post a video on TikTok of her mom yelling at her. Yo, my mom is an incredible mom and she screamed the fucking hell out of me like as a child. And she's mm-hmm. a great mom uh, and, and, and maybe not a perfect mom. But this idea that like this rich teenager uh is like needs the most help out of anyone no it's because you don't like trump that's well, why that you're posting about this stuff there's two distinct tones uh to the claudia conway posts one is what you're describing which is very like resistance libs being like look they treat this kid terribly uh this proves they're all morally bankrupt and that you gotta make sure that you love joe biden um And then there's a predominantly leftist faction, which seems to be more focused on, like, where the fuck is CPS? Get this kid out of here. This is like a clearly documented abusive situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You mean child protective services, right? And not child pornographies? Not child pornography squad. (laughs) Okay. Um, But yeah, like, there's, there's two types of discourse. One that's like being like, look, told you so. They're bad. We proved it. They're bad. We showed you. Ha ha. And that's leveraging this as like proof of their moral superiority. And one side that is much more like this girl is suffering from like parental abuse. And there's like a, it's been like a year of her chronicling this. Like she absolutely should be emancipated and let away from her dangerous family. Um, but a lot of people are using that as a claim to like moral superiority over Trump people, which is like, like you're saying, Griffin, that's not the issue here. The issue here is that there's like an abused team. <laughs> like it's whether she's wealthy yeah. or not, like those people can still be abused. It's bad. But either way, it doesn't like prove any kind of moral position vis-a-vis the Trump shit. They're just bad people doing a bad thing. We should feel bad for the person who's suffering. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> she got she got child porn on the Internet by a, that, fo- an account with three million followers. That's wild. 
That's wild. But <laughs> just an account with 3 million followers. Like, Michael Ian Black probably has, like, 3 million followers. Kellyanne Conway worked for, like, the previous administration. And, <laughs> and notably is her mom. That's crazy. Yeah, that's truly bizarre. And, like, I feel like the circumstances of, like, her posting that picture are probably, like, so much less extraordinary than any theory posits. It's probably just like Kellyanne Conway is a shit person and an abusive mother and was wine drunk and was like, I have a great idea. Um, and then just like ruined her daughter's life uh, case closed. It is, I definitely lean more on the like, obviously I lean more on like the far lefty side where like Claudia Conway does seem like an abused teen um, and like get her the fuck out of there. Um, but I also can't help but like, Sent, like uh feel like what the fuck am I like what how, I'm I'm like staring into this family's entire like chronicle making these like very weird moral decisions based on like uh like social media content which is fine because it's like authentic right um it is just truly surreal that like the daughter of Kellyanne Conway becomes like the central or most optical figure of like child abuse in like 2020 almost wholly because of like this weird combination of like, like the Trump people wanting everything anyone associated with Trump to be like totally grand. And like the resist people who are like, no, I want the opposite thing. Um, it does seem like a weird, like dark parodical version of like our actual existence. Well, I obviously get that young, get that kid out of there. Um, so weird. Wonder what's gonna happen next. I wasn't prepared. Listen, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, yeah. This was a yeah. gotcha question. Uh, this is a real gotcha. Yeah. Well, this, this is real, real pulling my collar over here. The nature of this pod is uh, sometimes we just talk about the thing we're thinking about, and it was hard not to think about that. But let's, Griffin. Let's get into can game I news. Do my, can I do my thing now? Yes, please. I was just. I was literally passing you the baton. Okay. God. All right. <laughs> God, you want me to carry, you want me to carry this baton? You uh, fucking sicko. Can, can we talk uh, about? I'm not crying. Can we talk about my favorite story? Um, so <clears throat> there's a bunch of there's these uh, hedge fund guys uh, that have been uh, trying to short uh, GameStop stocks, uh, and then a bunch of gamers found out about it. Uh, and basically, what these gamers did was they got on those like Robin Hood type stock invest apps and they all majorly bought in and inflated the GameStop stock. So now GameStop is valued at an insane price, way higher than it should be for a company that's about to go extinct. Um, and it's oh, and it's man. because a bunch of Reddit gamers came together in solidarity to fight these Wall Street hedge funds, um, proving not only that like numbers just aren't real, like all this stock market shit is fake as fuck. Um, but it is really funny to watch the ups and downs on the ticker for GameStop right now, a company that does not exist, in my opinion. <laughs> no, it may as well be Babbage's, right? I don't understand what purpose it serves, like whatsoever. Well, I was reading up on this last night. There are a couple of things that stuck out to me that were really funny. One is that apparently GameStop was in the process of transitioning to a social hub model of what the stores are for, like a modern Internet cafe thing. 
and mm-hmm. then like fucking COVID hit as they were like trying to do that. So they just like ate Mondo shit on that front. They were like, we'll turn every store into a hangout zone. And then it was like, no one's allowed to hang out because they'll die like two weeks later. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, oopsies. Oh, man. Um, but then this thing isn't it's not the cool. The crazy thing about this. I don't know if it's a cool thing. The crazy thing about this is that it's not just like gamers who came together. It's this Reddit thread that basically exists to bet on short stocks and to try to like push them in a direction or the other. It's like a huge subreddit. Um, this sub r slash wall street beds and fucking this one is so funny because like the stock was going down and then they hired a guy who was like kind of cool and said some good things. The stock went up and then a bunch of people bought short bets against it, assuming that it was going to fall down again after like everyone like lost the heat on this new guy they hired. And then all these Reddit people were like, or will buy a ton force you to buy back against your short and then the stock will skyrocket and we'll all get a bunch of money which is exactly what happened which is incredible mm-hmm. um and it wasn't and like it's it's funny it's not just gamers it's just like rando investor types and they were i saw some mm-hmm. screenshots in their discord and they're so fucking funny because it's just like a bunch of people like all caps gamestop rocket emoji rocket emoji we're rich gamestop rocket emoji and like that's the whole chat and it fucking rules Jesus Christ. It's so funny. if i was the gamestop ceo right now and i had any sense of humor i'm like ah this company's got six months of life left in it why don't i just give a gamestop to every one of these guys let them live in it just this <laughs> is funny that would be cool <laughs> That would be cool. Oh, Why don't we just turn? I think they deserve it. Yeah, turn GameStop into uh, apartments. Yeah, that's definitely it's definitely good news for GameStop. I feel didn't they? They had a lot of bad news at the beginning of pandemic, right? Like, weren't they doing like crazy, bizarre things? Like, um, yes. I remember they were like making their employees compete for shifts by like creating social media content or something like that. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely good that like the imagination machine of the internet. I mean, I guess it's good for Mr. GameStop, James P. GameStop. Yeah. That like the imagination machine has decided his company's worth money. I don't know what that means for James P. GameStop. I don't know how money or stocks work. I mean, mostly what um, this means, I think, is just that the rando people who tried to short the stock are going to lose a bunch of money and that the psychos, yeah. the psychos who forced it not to short itself are going to make a bunch of money. And like that's another thing that was in that discord was just like screen caps people's Robinhood apps. And it was like three days ago, twelve hundred dollars today, like sixty thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> it was just like, this, this, like you said, it's all made up bullshit. So if you get two million people to each throw a few dollars. To each their 20 bucks of the thing the math of how the market works just changes totally yeah um mm-hmm. and if you have a subreddit yeah. full of psychos who you can just be like wouldn't it be funny if we saved gamestop yeah and they're all just like lol yeah and then the market turns inside out it's so crazy mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy it really makes you wonder what would happen with gamers if like the right didn't have like a monopoly on like their entire ethos mm-hmm. or a big majority of like public facing gamers rather mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well that's why me and lux have been doing game boys for years de-radicalizing right-wingers and turning them into uh libertarians de-radicalizing right-wingers <laughs> and turning them from people to who have bad views and don't yell at me to people who have bad bad views and do yell at me that's like the most regular conversion that we execute <laughs> on this show. Oh. Absolutely. At least get, let's get some energy pumping, right? Folks? Yeah, we turn it up. That's true. We do get them jazzed. When people come at, at least at me on the internet, they come with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love um, that. But we had another breaking story, guys. This time, this one was about Ninja. Okay. You guys want, you guys know Ninja? <laughs> 
I do know I Jeff, know Ninja Jeff. from his appearance on The Masked Singer. He was in The Masked Singer? What? He was on season two. He I lost that. Quig. Gamers go mainstream. Um, yeah, we can one day on one day on Chim Room, we can watch the, the clip where he does his thing. He does a bad job. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there was a there was a lot of stuff uh, in this New York Times article uh, interview with with Ninja um, sort of him like being like, well, it's not my job to tell people not to say the N word, which was like a funny part that I really liked. Um, but uh, it's 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 one of these things where like, yeah, I guess like your Twitch streamer isn't your parent. But like if you make millions of dollars being like a role model to kids, then like isn't there some responsibility there? I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like if I were like out somewhere and someone said the N word <laughs> near me, I wouldn't be like, well, I'm not on the clock. So there's nothing I can do. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. Like a good like. Yeah, it's, it's no one. It's no it's very people's job to tell people not to say the N word, but people still do say do it all the time. But and, like, it goes I, what if we created too. a department what, just to do that job specifically? <laughs> the fucking the, the fucking Republicans would put yeah, out we're a talking commission a lot about a new Homeland Security Department. What about a? that's what they do? They just go around and say, the, don't stop saying the, that. The literal PC police. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, Captain, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Griffin. I'm into it now. Um, That'd be cool. But like. It goes both ways too. Like, it's not my job to jack off. I still do it all the fucking time. Like, people do things that aren't their job all the time. It's not. Whoa. It's not a yeah. reasonable thing mm-hmm. to say. Like, I'm yeah. constantly. I'm. Uh, my time is way more spent not doing my job than it is mm-hmm. doing my job. So to act as though like a thing isn't, you're not accountable for a thing. Your thing doesn't matter because you're not getting paid to do it. Is like bonked out to me. It's like. It's a weird yeah, understanding well, of what job means. Mm-hmm. I, I also I think it also has a lot to do with like the essential capitalistic idea that like your responsibilities as like a living interactive person are to work. Therefore, like like you satisfying your work requirement, it's like that's all you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like because there's so much pressure on doing that. So I think it gives people like this weird idea that like, well, you know, like shit i move stuff on the conveyor belt all day i don't i don't need to go to work being like someone people want to be around or trust or like <laughs> or enamored with like it's very very strange uh, it doesn't help that he like also said the n-word once on stream oh god just, yeah he's a weird gross little monster i'll throw this on the fire of how weird this is i'm like 90 percent sure he did old town road on the mass singer so like what is this he guy doing Old Town Road, you did Old Town yeah. Road? What do you mean you did Old Town like Road? Like on the mask thing, on it. Like that was the song he performed in his mask. Ninja, first of all, did you see when he tweeted uh, at Lady Gaga? What did he say? <laughs> that one time. Um, she posted something and he replied with like her lyrics as a way to like flirt with her. And she responded, and I don't want to get the words wrong because I remember reading it and thinking it was like the best thing that's ever happened. But I'm pretty sure it was verbatim, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Which is a very good thing to say to someone who is like not famous but really trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, I enjoyed that. <laughs> but um Jeez. Ninja's a weird I don't know, am I allowed to say uh, divisive things about Ninja? Yes. yes, please do, in fact. He bothers me a lot. He's a weird little creep. He's a bully, he plays a dumb game. I was playing Fall Guys, you can get a ninja skin. Mm-hmm. It really that's very troubling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
He's boring. It is also very funny. There's a certain, and this is a whole different back kettle of kettle fish. There's like a certain physicality to people who are like used to being like on stage or performing on camera, or like doing sort of that kind of stuff. And when he does yeah. them in the masked singer, it's very funny because they pull his mask off and you can just tell by how his shoulders are and how he looks like a little gremlin man that he is like not someone possessed of that sort of physical confidence. Like as soon as they no, reveal him, his whole not. body like shrinks into a little ball and he's like, I want to do a show where it's just YouTubers who do the edit cuts on themselves having to give speeches unedited. Like that's a show that I want to do because like it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I love seeing these like new types of content creators be put into like a normal showbiz situation and like really showing like how how little they actually have to do like like unless they're in their setting where like every other sentence is like jump cutted to the next like no these people like do not actually have good stage personalities um mm. and, and but with ninja ninja really strikes me as a guy who got there early and is just incredibly boring i'm just like how is this guy like still really really popular i expected him to like fade out after some certain point. Um, yeah, right? He doesn't really have a gimmick. Yeah, there's just really nothing think. to him. He just seems like one of the guys that got there first, I guess. I, he, I was like, yeah. he, he, like, connected with the youths and was good at the youth games, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's just because he shouts a lot and plays Fortnite. You can, anyone can do that. Right. Well, that's well, not true. I mean, I can shout, but I'm not good at Fortnite. That's the same boat, same boat, dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, <laughs> it's a hard game. Like, if, if Bennington, like, dyed his hair and, like, was a little bit less Bennington, he could just be Ninja. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) which just shows how weird Ninja is. (laughs) Right. That's more of That's what I was trying to say. It's like, it's more about Ninja than it is about Bennington. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a second part to this article that I did want to mention for a second. Where Ninja kind of talks a little bit more about uh, why he doesn't play with female gamers, which kind of reminded me, oh, Ninja no. is basically like the Mike Pence of video I games. Was ba- I was, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I, was, I was lining that up. Yo, I was could, wondering could, if you were going to do it. We could operate a Jaeger together, dude. <laughs> yeah, at this point, for sure. <laughs> um, Does Ninja not want to play with female gamers because he's in a partnership or something? Let's hear about why. Uh, with the level I'm at, and that a lot of top streamers are at it's like how it is with actors i don't want to start drama but justin timberlake he's married was filming a movie was at a bar was holding hands with an actress they were just working together but all it takes is one moment and now it's horrible even if it's just accusations accusations are what made me say that about female gamers i was like i'm going to do anything in my power to make sure that no one can even start a rumor or make youtube clickbait videos ninja's playing with this person a lot lately they're flirting here's a clip you know how to make that never happen you don't let it happen. That's what was going through my head. I still stand by not having a lot of alone time with a woman in general, if you are a married man. I mean, they could be your best friend. That's totally cool. But if I randomly start playing with a woman, no one knows people are going to start talking. So if I am going to play with female gamers, I do it with a big group. So it's not that one on one interaction. Um, Holy shit! That's like exactly a Mike Pence. Yes, he needs to be in a room with like ten people. (laughs) He calls. He's gonna call his wife mother one day. It's gonna be awful. (laughs) Oh god, that's so crazy. Like, this is what I don't get. Is like. (laughs) Yes, a lot of gamer people are socialized in a weird way, especially like super Twitch watching people. The way to make their shit less socially fucked up is not to be like, well, in order to make sure that they don't feel weird about this, I'll cater to their psychotic needs. 
It's mm-hmm. to like normalize talking to a woman. <laughs> like it's cool. yeah, exactly. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's that shouldn't even need to be a normalized he's thing. Like, he's like telling millions of people well, while he sh- builds forts in Fortnite that it's like the, the N word is up for debate and girls are scary. It's the weirdest vibe. <laughs> like yeah, society, society might think that I'm like trying to date this girl. You know, it's not my job to change society. I'm a Twitch streamer. <laughs> It's yeah, we're right playing a lot on him to change society. We're, we are asking a little too much for Ninja to be a, a leader, I guess. <laughs> just get out of the mountain dew pits, Ninja. Just just like crawl out and become like a person. Be like, you know what? It's okay to have a positive attitude for, about the future of some people. <laughs> Sorry. That one's free. Yeah, it's and, fucking And, and, and I do nuts. think that it's like, it, it, it's like, listen, it's like these people, they want to profit off of being one of the giantest personalities in an industry, but they don't want any of the responsibilities of it. And like, yeah, like if you are on camera, that is a responsibility. It's not a responsibility to like Mm. teach them the ins and outs of politics, but it is your responsibility to be a certain like moral person and a decent person. And and, and like, you don't get all the reward without that. That's part of the job. I almost resent the idea that like Ninja even has job responsibilities. Like, his job, and I think he moved to Mixer, so I don't really understand what that means in terms of, like, his old responsibilities versus new responsibilities. But as far as I know, his job was, like, to go on the internet and play the video game and, like, do your best not to say the N-word. <laughs> but, like, he's he's met, broken that rule and it's been fine. Uh, it, it is truly crazy. Like, what? I, wa- I want to know what Ninja... Like what his how does he conceive of his own responsibilities to his audience? Like, is it purely to like build dope forts and kill noobers and become number one? Or um, is there like a much greater like, I don't know, I need I need some idea of like how Ninja sees himself in like the greater context of like responsibility and capitalist hell that he seems to keep like cluing the audience about. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. And it's it's. It's strange. Well, the thing is, like, there is some responsibility there, if only in the sense that, like, they do set a norm for discourse. I mean, like, Michael Jordan's still getting shit about Republicans buy shoes, too, like, 25 years later. And, like, rightfully so. Um, I've been that was from I I pull Nikes off of every white kid I see. And that that was from a time where, like, (laughs) political behavior was a lot less analyzed. Like, this is not like a new thing, but it's like. The it's also like the direct reach, right? Like, if someone in the chat's a creep, Ninja can literally just have his producer be like, "Hey, fuck off," or Ninja can on the stream yeah. be like, "Hey, fuck off," but he just chooses not to. Um, mm-hmm. like we, I mean, we like people get clapped on Tomb Room all the fucking time, and it's and it's hilarious. Although sometimes too fast because yeah. I want to read the stuff they say before they get banned. Um, uh, but that's just me being a perv. But either way, like. <laughs> I just the, send them. I just send them your mail address. I say, yeah, if you have I'll any put, letters. We'll, we'll put my email address on screen next time, so that the people who send threats about me being Jewish can just do it directly. Um, that'll no, be better. For, that'll be better for my mental health for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just. I don't, it is interesting to think about. Um, uh, uh, it's interesting to think about, like what Jordan said, that there is. It's weird because the role of Twitch people is different or like, is like undefined in a way that like Michael Jordan wasn't like Michael Jordan was just the f- most famous guy in the world. Um, and also like a huge star and like, we'd already established like what 
fucking athlete stars were for, which was like pitching ideas and like being like a, a, a concept, like a paragon of stuff. We don't have that for Twitch people yet. And so and Ninja's mm. like setting the terms of that discussion. He's setting the terms that like don't do anything. I think <laughs> it's very similar to basketball. I mean, don't basketball games happen multiple times a week. You tune in each night. You develop a parasocial relationship with them. Maybe not as deep as Twitch, but to me, they seem very similar. Yeah, it's that it's that direct one on one. That's the big difference. They talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I feel like in basketball, there's like a much greater organizational structure, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think individual players necessarily get to like choose who they're competing against or in what arena they are. That's competing, true. Um, the, within and things like that. And the NBA has like a social a goal, like a social ethos goal in a way that Twitch doesn't. Yeah, like the and NBA you can't is like stream snipe people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the NBA, the NBA is like, hey, I mean, the NBA has a lot of problems, but it is like, hey, we should like we should put our money where our mouth is on like voter registration, vaccine distribution stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they care about that and they care about being perceived as like socially progressive in a way that like Twitch people don't and like Twitch itself does not. Um, which leaves a lot of, or it's not the same with Mixer, which leaves a lot of room for Ninja to sort of like set his own sort of framework of what we should expect of Ninja. And it's like, well, shockingly, a like 20 year old who plays Fortnite for a job does not want to have like any kind of meaningful expectations beyond that put upon him, which is not, not surprising, but it is sort of like wiener shit. No, he's, he's 29. Whoa. What? Yeah. That truly boggles my mind. Griffin, you could be Ninja. You don't get, Kevin, you could be ninja. You know what you should do? Um, actually, we should all just make a podcast. We all all dye our hair. We all get good at Fortnite. Mm-hmm. We all become ninja. Podcast. The three ninjas. Three ninjas. Mm-hmm. Three ninjas, like the movie. Wow. Three ninjas and, and a baby. Because the thing is, yeah, a lot of Zoomers, which I think is Ninja's audience, would probably definitely get that reference to the three ninjas. <laughs> yeah, no way would they be like, what are you talking about? They don't know what podcasts three are, ninjas. so it's fine. They're not listening. Yeah. Three ninjas and a baby, 16-year-old girl liberated from a crazy parents. Mm-hmm. George and Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, it's a wacky family. It's it's, much, it's it's a bunch. It's a Brady bunch, isn't the, it? The poster for that movie, all yeah. text. No room for, no room for, for images. Movie. That's all title, baby. <laughs> Um, but Jordan, Jordan, good, I want to get to know you uh, on a gamer level. Are, are you gaming right now? Sure. And uh, what are you? What have you been playing? Not right this second. <laughs> um, not not this immediate moment. Um, games have been. I play a lot of games. That's like most of what I do. Twenty twenty, I thought it was a pretty disappointing year. I don't have too too many. Normally, I would have like a laundry list of fun, exciting new things I've been playing. Um, but I, I, I guess I have some. Lately, I've been playing a lot of Albion Online. I play a lot of MMORPGs, or I used mm-hmm. to. Albion Online is like an MMO, which is like a in the tradition of Ultima Online. It's like a top-down isometric thing um like a sandbox development system it's got a little open pvp system you can <laughs> hurt people and take their stuff kind of yeah. thing i don't know i haven't had much time for that because i got a lot of work i've just been spending my time in albion breeding mounts whoa making horses and oxes okay yeah i know you you can breed mounts and grow corn and cabbage now, it, i feed that cabbage that's the, that's the sign the, of a good mmo is what there's a lot of focus on the mounts I think they like, yeah I, I totally a lot agree. of MMOs fuck the mount system up they make it very thin mm. it's like listen if it's like do do PVE content PVP content and then have a complex deep 
mount system those are the that's mm. always the missing feature like destiny needed a better mount system like there's so many mmos i see yeah i'm like yo you spent half your time traveling like like let me let me get into that yeah it's it's a really interesting um immediately noticeable and like like uniquely animated way to customize your character right um like you can do armor sets and a lot of games do like the transmog thing where like you can have no matter what piece of armor you have you can make it look like any other piece of armor so you could like nail down your aesthetic blah blah blah. but even at that point it's like really rare to find like really cool pieces of armor that make your character stand out in an animated way right. like you can obviously control a lot control a, <laughs> control a lot of like aesthetic uh, parts of like yourself and body, mm-hmm. but nothing compared to like what mounts can do. They're like huge in proportion to your body, and um, you communicate a lot about yourself. You can have what well, you maybe riding a cute little hamster, maybe you're riding a big scary wolf that you got from murder. <laughs> um, and honestly, I think that's one of the things that I played World of Warcraft on and off for like years and years. And I feel like a big part of like me being interested in that game was the like the idea that I could, yeah, that I could constantly like move toward like standing out and even that even goes back like to like ultima online like even in like the early 2000s and late 90s and like a very rudimentary like a rpg space people were still like this is my nightmare horse it's evil they were like i'm riding on the uh unicorn it's a horse with a horn on it technology wasn't quite there for like cool stuff i remember at that time the big thing I only know because my brother was playing the Ultima games was that like there was like an invisible llama that you could ride. And if you could Whoa. ride around on the invisible oh, yeah. llama, it was like you were big shit. Literally the lack of and graphics, like, mm-hmm. like the dev team just took the day off and they're like, what if nothing? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very weird. Yeah. They had like an invisible ostrich, too, which I really like. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I, and I, I'm really happy about that. And that um, and that comes up in Albion Online a lot. Like you can raise like weird swamp lizards or like bats and shit which is really cool um it's very very time consuming but i mean what is it at this point I guess it's not time consuming it's more of a like you you give the the horse some cabbage and it's like i'll see you in three days when you're a big boy and you give me a son um and then you start the process over it's pretty fun but it's not it's it's more i'm playing that mainly because like some friends talked me into mm. it um i really enjoyed phasmophobia i played the hell out of that Spooky game oh. for a while there, i think a, yeah. a listener of ours i think joe i think our listener our listener named joe recommended that you and i check that game out yeah yeah a few people have been talking about it it is one of the most popular stream games on twitch and every time i tune into mm. one of the streams to like figure out what it is i just like get bored after 10 seconds like i, I maybe you have to play it's, it's a game you have to play yeah. maybe to like so what understand it? it's pretty cool it's like um it's basically like a co-op game it's like you and some friends you're like the idea is that you're ghost hunters looking for like evidence of ghosts um and you go in basically the concept or like the hard mechanics of the game to succeed is that like you want to collect three different clues uh or evidence of like paranormal activity and use those clues to determine which kind of ghost is haunting the thing and all through that you need to like make sure you're not upsetting the ghost or ultimately getting killed by the ghost. And that can happen in a number of ways. Like sometimes if you're straggling, the lights will like flicker and then all of a sudden you got a little baby chasing you. And if it touches you, you go to the hell land. Um, it's like that in a lot of different circumstances. Um, it was made, I think by a one man team, which is really impressive. Um, 
And I think a big part of why it's so successful on Twitch and stuff is because it has like a very good, um, or at least good for a one man team, um, virtual reality mode. Um, one problem I think with the game is that like, once you get good enough to understand like how to win the level, you, there's it's pretty much just to like go to you got to like find the ghost where the room where the, in which the ghost is in or in where the ghost is in the place. And then just like bring a lot of tools in it to see how it reacts to it. But um, like the first few hours are really magical. That does sound. There's like a it's an item called. It does yeah? It does sound fun and spooky. And it, but uh, I think um, it is fun and spooky first of all. But uh, it, it it's fun and spooky in ways that I had not experienced before as a as a GMER. <laughs> right, like there's a thing called the spirit box, which um, you basically. Uh, it's used to communicate with ghosts, like some types of ghosts will respond to it. It's a little box you pick up and you ask questions into it and the ghost will like respond to the questions. So there's like a voice recognition element that you don't really see in games, even though the technology has been there for like years and years and years and years. I think the only other game that I've seen like that kind of like immediate voice recognition thing. And I only learned about this recently was that like, there's a puzzle in the playable teaser for silent Hills that was on um, the PS4. One of the like cryptic puzzles that you had to say like the ghost's name out loud and then something would That's happen. Cool. Just to get back um, to blowing blow the is, Wii U controller or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, Nintendo is <laughs> definitely more, I would expect them to do that kind of thing more. And I'm sure that there are examples that I'm missing. Um, but I feel like that kind of interactivity alone is, is like part of what makes Phasmophobia such a cool thing. I definitely recommend it. I've had hours and hours of fun with that game. It will really and it's, spook and, and you it's hard. It's good co-op? It's, it's good co-op, co-op too? Um, it's okay. pretty much only check it co-op. Out, um, and there's no like PvP or anything. You like, um, basically like you'll do missions over time and you'll get money to buy like new ways to detect ghosts and stuff, um, which is always cool. You get like a parabolic microphone or like you can put down salt and see if the ghost walks through the salt and you have like wow. a UV light to find fingerprints and a lot of that stuff's really cool I'm hoping that um, the huge success of the game gets like allows the guy to like have a more ambitious game because it's only mm-hmm. made by one person and it's a great it's fucking spectacular game but obviously has limits because it's only made by one person and he's not like Reed Richards or God the second outing from these guys <laughs> so like, like I, I've seen a few people mm. do this thing where they make their game by themselves and then their second outing is just this <clears throat> insanely good masterpiece mm-hmm. um, like like the guy from Undertale who made yeah. the game by himself but now uh, the Deltarune stuff which is still being made uh, is, is just like looking great um, there there was also uh, the maker this isn't like a one man team, but uh, the the small team behind Octodad, which was a very short game. Uh, then they went and they made Bug Snacks. Oh, interesting! Which is Griffin's <laughs> favorite game ever made. Which was my game of the year of 2020, and um, and like was way more expansive and big, but had the artistic sensibilities of Octodad. Um, mm-hmm. you can even you can even make that draw that line with like hit with like a giant or super giant and like bastion and transistor becoming like totally. pyre and hades which mm-hmm. were like bastion and transistor were pretty small contained games that then became these huge like mechanics heavy art heavy style games like it's it's definitely true that in a lot of cases when like a game's really good but small and small because of sort of resource constraints that like it does tend like the aesthetic tends to scale up pretty well yeah mm-hmm. um 
in a way that isn't always true with like big companies doing their next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that sounds that sounds fucking super fun. Griff, what are, I, I've been playing a game and I know we were supposed to play Yakuza and I played some of it so we can talk about that. But I also played a different game a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to talk about Yakuza or you want to talk about Valkyria Chronicles? You go first. Okay, so Valkyria Chronicles, the, the, the reviews are in, research is complete, it fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are cool about it. Uh, one, uh, it's a fun tactic. It's a fun tactical RPG that is kind of XCOMy, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, you get a tank, and tanks are cool as shit. Yeah. Okay. Three, you're basically fighting the Nazis. Um, and it's like you know how in JRPGs, like there are the Nazis, but they're like thinly veiled Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the thinnest. This is the thinnest veil of all time. <laughs> They're all like blonde hair, wearing effectively like classic SS German uniforms. Oh, no. Um, the reason this game became such like a linchpin, a linchpin to me, is that there was a mission where I was playing the game, and the way the game works is you're in a book, and every like sequence is like titled with like a little like name. And so I just liberated Fountain and then up comes t- section 10, the concentration camp. Oh, where we get to go in and watch the, uh, the, the watch the system, the conditions of the systemic ethnic cleansing of the Darson people by the crazy Nazis. Mm-hmm. And then you get to liberate the concentration camp and kill all the guards who are doing Nazi shit. Mm-hmm. And my God. You can imagine what a joy that was for me. Of course, then then it turns out the Nazis burn down the concentration camp and kill all the prisoners um, because they're Nazis. Yeah. Um, but it's still like, I don't know. You don't get to see a lot of like the oppressed Jewish type people sniping Nazis in video games. Mm. And it was fucking cool as shit. Um, and now I'm playing the other one and it has like a lot of the same vibes and it fucking rules. Uh, these games are really fucking fun, and it's fun to kill fucking Nazis, man. There's not enough games to let you do it. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah, like Wolfenstein. It was, yeah, of course they set the standard, but like, let me kill a Nazi in Animal Crossing. Yeah, Dude, for sure. Let me kill a Nazi in Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to go to Tom Nook's house, buy a bat, and do Eli Roth to Nazis. I want to buy a plane <laughs> ticket to a random mysterious island instead of going to scorpio island scorpion island i want to end up in uh nazi island and have the plane guy be like i know we normally just get try to get peaches and fruit we gotta do something about this here's a shotgun yeah we gotta cut the snake we gotta cut the head off this snake or something bad might happen you know what i'm saying wait can i tell you guys a thing that happened to me while i was disconnected yeah what happened uh, I went to go to the I went to the bathroom uh, like I do. And so I was flipping through Twitter and someone I went to high school with is just getting clowned by all the online leftist people I follow and talk to on Twitter unrelated. And it's very weird to see like a name you haven't thought of in a decade pop up in your timeline because everyone's hassling them for being a piece of shit. Yeah, I love that. Um, maybe it's less surreal for you, Griffin, because your Facebook war is largely waged against people you went to high school with. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really deal with those people much anymore, except in a very curated way. So seeing a comic I went to high school with pop up, make a bad taste Claudia Conway joke, and then just get wrecked by fucking like doink patrol, etc., is so weird. It's a very strange feeling. <laughs> he settled down. The doink patrol's here. 
I mean, you know, Dolly Patrol, she's funny. Um, like she does have a very silly username. Um, go follow her OnlyFans, I guess. Um, but it's so weird. Does that ever ha- has that happened to you guys at all? Have you seen that? OnlyFans? No, just people like, <laughs> you used to know a long time ago just getting absolutely roasted in like in the discourse. I grew up. No, I, I only see them Florida. rewarded. You grew up in Florida. Yeah, well, yeah, I grew up in Florida, so I see that a lot. Um, but I also <laughs> see a lot of like, yeah, you're right. Um, which is which is way disheartening. I only see people validating each other. It's beautiful. Um, wow. But like up on good things. Like no, on bad things. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I they see a lot of that too. Bad things. I see a yeah, lot of that too. You see, it's like it's. I mean, that seems where things have coalesced now. You validate each other on the dumb thing you both agree on, and and, and then like it, only the brave will will start a fight about it. It's true. Uh, admittedly, I'm very impulsive with things like that, and just generally, I've removed a lot of people from my social networks um, for being internet <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Um, <laughs> including like a lot of my extended family. Um, so I don't see that as much, but I, I did service industry work in Florida for years and years. So we just see constantly see people I used to work with at the beginning of the pandemic posting like pandemic shit because it's like, we got to get back yeah. to work, damn it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's always the cooks that are into the pandemic shit. What's yeah, up with that? I don't know. What, man. What's up? What's up with the, like the, the, the chefs and stuff. Like they're the number one guys that are, that, that post that shit or the, and like, and got any, like a lot of, no, I know a lot of, a lot of guys working in the kitchen that got in a queue as well. Mm. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, for sure. Back of house. I had a manager, uh, back in the house manager with a huge tattoo of a gecko on his bicep, constantly trying to like, get me over to the right and this was this was like bush and obama year so it wasn't anything like clown car crazy like we get today but mm-hmm. um it, it is it, it is crazy it is truly crazy at just adding more it's, friction to the back of the house front of the house uh paradigm the ultimate the the <laughs> ultimate shadow war the back of house front of house thing what I Griffin, think back what, of the house uh, should do an insurrection on the front of the house. <laughs> I'm out. I, We're waiting tables now. I'm going to go ahead and assume that the people who get paid like actual money from the restaurant are, are going to win against the people who get paid like $2.15. Yeah, it's like they march out with their knives yeah. and all the waiters and maitre d's and like, hosts are like, have I, fun. I get paid the tips. You could do literally anything to anyone in this restaurant. I'll be fine, bud. My paycheck's zero dollars because of taxes. I don't care. Yeah, it's yours. Take it, it's yours. Immortality. Uh, take it, it's yours. Come and take it. It's yours. That's the news. That's the new slogan. Whoa. That's the NRA's new there. slogan. Um all right. Well, Griff, tell us about Yakuza before we finish this off. Oh yeah, Yakuza. We're gonna talk more about it next episode once uh, Lux gets a little more chance into it. Um the one big takeaway I have from the front about six hours in is that the game is advertised as like a very silly romp. And then the first like five hours of the game have been the most tragic, saddest video game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And I'm like really confused in the tone of it. Uh it starts with a a a, a, a just freshly born child being stuffed into a locker until it suffocates to death uh and then just a million personal betrayals spinning out of that and it's like wait i thought this was a goofy game i'm supposed yeah. to chill out right now wait how far into the game is this baby thing because it it's like first two hours 
Okay, I haven't seen. All I've seen is like you're running around, you're beating up shitty gangsters, you're getting a plunger, you're mm-hmm. helping out your drunk friend, you're telling people to be careful on New Year's. That's the game as I've experienced it so far, and I'm loving it. You must be. That's like the first 20, 30 minutes. And then like after that, like it, you, you get sent to jail. You learn about your boss's tragic history. Like there's just all these things. And I'm like, oh, my mm. God, this is such a bummer. I think it will come back out of its shell and do more goofy stuff. But it has been tragic so far. I will say, even though I'm only like an hour and change into it, um, it feels like it's doing what was good about cyberpunk, but way better than cyberpunk did it hmm. in the sense that like we've talked about this on the show a million fucking times. But like cyberpunk's at its best with these side quests and main quest lines that feel lived in and embodied and like everyone has kind of a vibe and like a tone to them. And we talked a lot about how that's true in the side quests and how it's not true in like the gigs and stuff and a lot true in like a lot of the late small interactions. And this game has that same vibe, only it feels like much more pervasive, like everyone feels distinct and significant and fun and makes me interested in like learning their deal in a way that cyberpunk was able to pull off for a few characters and like enough to make it worth playing. But this game feels like a whole Tokyo full of people who I like would love to know more about. Yeah, we'll have to see. My initial impression is that the world is a lot more boring to look at than the cyberpunk world and feels like a little bit thinner just visually. Mm -hmm. Um, And that also there are um, a lot of characters that fall into the JRPG trap of just talking for too long. Like I'm I'm clicking through them explaining like the same sentence for very, like a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like some of that stuff, which feels like it, pulls me out of getting lost into these characters worlds a little bit because I'm like all right I guess I'll get to it um but I, I'm still early in so I can, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in checking in checking it, it out more it may have some localization shit also mm-hmm. I think on the on the visual thinness I think it's an interesting thing because I kind of I both agree and disagree with that assessment in the sense that like it definitely isn't as like busy or full of frame as you get in cyberpunk but it does feel like more specific to me than cyberpunk in a lot of spots where like the signs are all kind of fun goofs and like they tied the things around it and it feels a lot more coherent. Whereas everyone was just like lots of stuff, 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 so much which stuff. isn't like a bad thing. I've, I've espoused my love of maximalism as an aesthetic on this podcast a number of times, but that is really what's going on in cyberpunk. So it's like a much busier thing, but I do think that like there's a certain joy in the specificity of Yakuza, at least so far. And it might be that like, once I've played 10 hours, I've gone to four neighborhoods and they all have the same vibe that I super don't feel this way anymore. But at least like in the first neighborhood, it does feel like everything is distinct and fun and specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've only um, played and Jordan. Um, have you played it? I haven't played the new one. I played a little mm-hmm. bit of the one that I think Yakuza zero or Yakuza zero what, or Kiwami, whatever the one that came first in the series that they like remastered. I played a little bit of, um, and I walked into it thinking that it was like super goofy and fun and like lighthearted as well. Um, but like the beginning was also or similar to what you're describing is like not baby stuffed in a locker. Uh, devastating. That's like a big that's a big card. That's a Charizard. I've seen one. But this was more <laughs> just like getting framed for like someone that you love's murder or like your friend or boss's murder. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of wanted to. I don't know. I um. I expected more of a goof troop kind of weird, just like beat them up vibe. But um, that's probably why so many people like it. Right. It seems like it's um, like it's good enough to be able to do both. I just um, have low attention span sometimes. And um, a lot of times I, I don't necessarily and not for lack of wanting, but um, won't, don't have the patience to like get through those like narrative heavy periods of games, especially when like yeah. the mechanics of the game are like 
or rather the narrative or mood of the game are communicated through like what your character is capable of doing. I think Nakey Jakey mm-hmm. calls it a goopy, a goopy goblin gamer brain where you just want to like do all the stupid fun stuff and not like necessarily experience all the stuff that actually does make it like really good or, um, mm-hmm. or good beyond at least like the core mechanics of the game. But to answer your question, right. Uh, no, I haven't. All right. Well, on that note, I think it's a perfect place uh, to uh, think more about this game next week. Jordan, we want to thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank game you Boys. for having me. It's very kind this of you. Is- this is very fun. A, a wonderful joy as always to I'm, have you. I'm bud. sorry we did gotcha questions for the first half. That wasn't very fair. No, uh, it's okay. It's um, I need. I'm, I'm in training, so <laughs> training. Um, but is there anything yeah. that uh, we like the audience know more about you? Any place they can find you on the internet? Um, I do uh, like memes and like some original. I'll sometimes post like original art stuff on Weedith underscore Piaf on Instagram. Um, a lot of times also I'll just post like unpopular opinions or me saying like shitty things, but, um, you know, people seem to enjoy it. There's one magazine in Estonia that will be publishing one of my memes. I don't know what it's called or when it's going to happen. Well, I don't speak that language, what they speak in Estonia, but someone did send me $12 for one of my memes to be in an article. So be on the lookout for that. Incredible. <laughs> uh, otherwise, Incredible. That's, that's about it. I think for right now. I'm looking. I'm trying to get projects together, but we'll see. Paid meme artist is more than most folks. Yeah, a lot of people doing Bernie is... memes for free out there. Well, yeah, a lot of suckers are working yeah. for free, but a lot of suckers don't have the hustle, and that's just what I'm about. So, thanks for having mm-hmm. me on the show. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from one hustler to another, game respect game. Absolutely, yeah, game recognized game for sure. Uh, as always, uh, check out uh, twitchtv room 6 p.m. Pacific five nights a week and then Saturdays and Sundays are goofs. Lux, what you got? Cool. Uh, check out Wisecrack, doing a lot of stuff over there. Uh, new PWR stuff dropping pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, and make sure to check out Haley at Eat Every Sound on uh, uh, YouTube and Instagram and on the Memory Static Podcast where she shows up pretty regularly. And that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. And Griffin and me for being here. We're great. Yeah, You're yeah. great for listening. Goodbye. You guys are great. Have a good night. Thanks.